podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, wake no, up no. now, wake up, Sai. <laughs> guys i'm si and welcome to ace podcast nation the home of the andy campbell football show this is our euro 2020 coverage this is episode number eight the euros are here and uh, they may as well be over now it's all about <laughs> shows let's just let's just talk about championship again in the premier league it's all over now i'm only joking of course and um, what a game going on at the moment, by the way. But uh, the show is available live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, also your home to many great shows and series, expert analysts and more. So please do follow us on social media, subscribe to that YouTube channel, click the bell for notifications. And uh, if you prefer your podcasts in audio form, you can get them at your favourite radio and podcast platforms and uh, just search Ace Podcast Nation. There's over 450 shows on a variety of subjects. Uh, and very quickly, a big thank you to Black Diamond Sports for all their support around the show. Black Diamond Sports is a global sports agency. They represent sports stars from around the world. And for more information on them, you can visit their social media pages, as well as their beautiful website, the links to which are in the description below. And uh, today's sponsor, as ever, very proud to say, is Bespoke Financial. And uh, Dan Ralston of Bespoke Financial is, uh, of course, giving away a free will with £140 with any new policy which is taken out if we send you there. So please check him out. Give him a call and don't miss out on what is an incredible offer. Uh, Just basically get in contact with him. Tell him that we sent you. And uh, if you take out one of their policies and the various services which they provide, you'll get £140 free will. Cannot ask for any more than that. What a superb offer. Uh, they are truly top of their field. They provide award-winning service, and we're proud to partner with such a top-class brand, and we thank them for uh, sponsoring the show. Let's get to it. I feel like it might be a bit ranty tonight, but we'll see. Um, introducing first, he is uh, not live via satellite, as uh, we thought we might have to do on Friday. Um, <laughs> I'm delighted that I'm not on my own. This evening uh, is my friend, co-host, the goal collector, former England and the 21 striker, of course, ex-Middlesbrough and Cardiff hero, Mr. Andrew Campbell. 
How are you, my friend? Good evening. Nice to be back. Um, yeah, great. Whose idea was this, by the way, to have seven o'clock when there's an extra time game on? We haven't. Oh, I know. We didn't think about extra time. Spain just scored as well. Yeah, no, Spain have just scored as well. No, great to be back. We've had some. Listen, we've had some. We've had some amazing last 16 games. Um, obviously, the one going on now is just uh, obviously a phenomenal game between two countries who were just going at it, hammer and tongue, like a boxing game. They just keep punching each other and punching each other, and, and someone's going to someone's going to win in the end. But um, you know, I mean, those, those are the kind of games that you don't want anyone to lose because they're they're going for it. And you know, I mean, I know we're going to have a grumble about certain issues and certain games over the weekend about uh, no, probably not going for it at times or going for it too much at times for certain clubs but, and teams. Sorry. Uh, but no, really excited to uh, to be chatting about um, the game so far. Hundred percent, mate. Um, it's going to be an interesting conversation, I have to say. But of course, we are delighted to be joined once again by uh, ex Wales Cardiff and Swansea forward, Mr. David Giles. How are you, David? I'm good, sir. Good evening. Good evening, Andy. Hi, Jalo. Thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. And uh, I know like all, like, all, uh, all the viewers say about your honesty, I'm really excited and I can't wait to uh, get your take on the game at the weekend, especially, and the other games, but more, more especially, obviously, the Wales game, because, um, and I'm guessing we're going we're gonna to start there, Si. Um, oh, yeah. I think it was... Well, it was the um, first game was, anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, listen, it, uh, I know we spoke, didn't we, all of us before about, um, I think before the Turkey game, about team selection and about getting it right uh, and about getting the... To start right, um, uh, I know. I know we've probably all got a different opinion in a different and different way to look at it. I thought he got his team right. I thought he got his team right on paper, um, but that's probably one of the only things he got right. I think I'll be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think. Uh, but for me, the team. If I'm if I'm just talking about selection and team selection, if I was going to pick a team to go forward to win that game, man for man, I think that's probably one I would have picked. So, if I just quickly jump in there, I agree with you in terms of from the players that were available to him because of the squad he selected, then yeah. yes, that he had to pick that team. There wasn't really maybe Nico Williams to start or something like that. But but generally, I think most of those players, most of them, had done enough to probably to earn that starting uh, place for that game. However, you know, you could look at you look at Will Volks sat at home and you're kind of just thinking why is he sat at home when Joe Morrill's barely played a minute for Luton and he's starting for Wales? Will Volks has just had a sensational, well, a pretty good season for Cardiff. All right, you've taken Ruben Corwell, didn't get a minute of action, so there's no point in that. Um, James Cossey there says he disagrees, didn't think Meepum should have started. I think there's a case for that as well. Um, but I'm going to talk a bit about the selection and, and the players and going forward. But in terms of the game... I just thought Denmark were the better team. Uh, I was, I thought 15 minutes Wales looked good. And then after that 15 minutes, we were pretty shambolic. I thought we was poor on all fronts. I thought we were sluggish. I thought we lacked ideas. We lacked pace. Um, and as has been the trend for the last couple of games, we make changes to tactics and substitutions really when the game's gone rather than before that. But I think Denmark deserve a great deal of credit. Um, I was speaking to my father-in-law just before the game and I said, uh, Dolberg of Denmark is a real player and I think he could get a big, big move after this tournament. Um, he had impressed me before Saturday, but I thought before he came off, obviously he was substituted. Before that, he thought he was absolutely sensational. Um, and I, I said to you, Andy, I think Dan, Denmark are going to, go quite far. I, I can see them getting to the sort of semi-final stage, maybe even a final. I think they've got really good players, good young squad. But Jairo, I'm interested in what you think about the Wales-Denmark uh, game and Wales overall, because obviously you just said to me when we were waiting for Andy that you felt like that was coming yeah. uh, from previous games. Yeah, I, I just believe, even before the, the competition side, um, we, we've been scraping results really without playing well. Um, we, we've been um, playing against sides who, who've been much better than us on the day, sneaking a draw or, or, or just nicking it at the end. So I, I, I personally think that that was waiting to happen. But as a footballer, it doesn't do you any harm. It hurts. And obviously, we didn't want to go out losing that way 4-0. But the players now and the management, the staff, have got something to work on to get back, get, get themselves right. You know, it would have been heartbreaking, I think, to go out on a penalty shootout, getting done by that. 
But I totally agree with you what you said, Cyan, Andy. I thought uh, Denmark were fabulous. And again, for 15 minutes, we were the better team. But great credit to their manager, who I think is very, very good as well. Very mm. underestimated. He changed their formation. I'm telling you now, their back four or their centre-backs cope with Kiefer Moore better than anyone has done since Kiefer Moore has yeah. been playing for Wales. They were outstanding. Totally Big good. lads. Mm. They, they marked him tight. The, the, whoever was spared, they were good on the ball. But we, we just lost lost our way. But I think when you play against a team like Denmark, you can't be direct all the time. And we were trying to hit Kiefer Moore and then get up and support him. You've got to play football. And we had too many footballers on our bench, i.e. Harry Wilson, Dave Brooks. You know, the, I personally, if I was Robert Page, I agree with Andy at the start, he got it right. But when you're into the game, you're 1-0 down, 2-0 down, you've got to change it because it wasn't working with Kiefer Moore. So get your footballers on, even if you play Bale and Wilson or, or Wilson and Brooks up front, but play football rather than going long. Um, and also, I would have played Cabango alongside, yep. um, because he's played with Joe Roden at Swansea. Cabango is a regular in the Swansea team. He wouldn't be phased by the, you know, Denmark are not a powerful, you know, going to knock you around, but they're good footballers. Ben Cabango has got yep. pace. He's a good footballer. So there, there's a lot of things for us to work in. If I'm honest, yes, it was coming. To get to the Euros was brilliant for a little nation like ours. To get out of the group was sensational. But if I'm, we were never going to go much further than that. And unfortunately, we played, came up against a top quality team. And I agree with you, both of you that Denmark will be in this competition for a little while yet. Andy, I wanted to ask you both a question, but I'll start with you, mate. Um, Jaila mentioned there about the Denmark manager changed it. Uh, about midway through the first half, he changed his formation um, because Wales had started well. Um, and that was something that Jose Mourinho, in, early in his career particularly, was very famous for doing. He would bring on subs in the first half if it wasn't working or he would change his formation quite radically. Like, in-game management as a coach is vital. You've got to be able to change that game. You've got to be able to stem a flow of momentum that the other team's got. And if you can't do that with the players and the tactics you've got currently, you have to be brave and change that, don't you? Surely. Yeah. Yeah, well, you do, yes. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna strip it all back a little bit and, and, and talk about Robert Page a little bit that he's come in for a lot of criticism um since the weekend, a lot. Uh, and I think it's unfair and unjust. And I'll tell you why, because I think it's he's taken over this he's taken over this job and this role because of what happened to another to to the manager. Uh, he's come in the caretaker role. He was doing a fantastic job with the young players, with the, with the 21s, um, with the younger players, developing them and getting them ready for the first team. He had a lot of them in the squad. Um, he's developing those young players really well. If we then start hammering him and saying he's not doing a very good job, he's going to lose his job and the whole thing starts again. The process starts again. You know what I mean? You've got to look every two years, every four years. And for me, every four years, you look at the World Cup. You know what I mean? Let's look at the World Cup. Yes, it's not in... in in two years' time, but we've got an opportunity um, as, a, as a nation for Wales to blood those young players in, and um, blood players in which which someone has developed themselves. You know, I mean, yes, he's a he was a current manager in this tournament, but, but he was out of his depth. And I, and I think yeah. if you if you honestly spoke to him down one on one, at times during a couple of the games, I think he'll have been honest. I think he was out of his depth. The the, the, the Switzerland game, I think he was out of his depth, and I think he got very lucky with the result in the end. I thought his tactics were spot on against Turkey. I thought he had his players bang up for it from, from game one. Um, Italy, I thought he got his tactics really wrong. Um, I thought he just sat and sat and sat and hoped that we just got a result and, we st- and they clung on. I think they got very lucky. I think that the, the red card did them a lot, did them a favour. That they, they were they were they were then so deep that they that they were never going to give a goal. And Italy didn't need to do anything to the game because they were already winning. Um, and I just think I agree with Jailo that that once that first goal went in, it was just going to be a boatload. Yes, we can talk about refereeing decisions. Yes, we can talk about it should have been a free kick. I think sometimes you just take that on the chin and just accept it. Because for me, every time they got the ball, they were breaking away. You know what I mean? I think for me, I, I listened to Robbie Savage in the interview and in, in the commentating that you might as well get beat four or five. Don't, yeah. don't get beat four or five because I think it has a, it has a ne- negative effect. You know what I mean for mm-hmm. the players because the young players like Jalo spoke about. I've got to go into the next friendly, the next qualifier, the next tournament with that memory of getting beat four 0 against Denmark because when Wales had the 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 previous tournament in the Euros and they did really well. That's mentally tough for the other teams to play against Wales. Where now it's going to be mentally tough for Wales to play against the Denmarks of this world, against the Switzerlands because of the negative performance that they put in. Yeah, I can see that. 
I think um, it is difficult because uh, it's a knockout. You kind of think you have got this thing of you feel like you should just go for broke. Um, I, uh, I, th- I kind of don't think I disagree with you on one point, and that's the Turkey game. I thought Wales got very lucky in the Turkey game. Yes, they were probably the better team over the 90 minutes. However, I didn't think we were very good. We we should have been 4-0 up 35 minutes in. But then by 50 minutes, we could have been 3 or 4-1 down. And we kind of rode our luck. We also didn't take our chances. And we got dug out a little bit by a bit of Gareth Bale magic in the corner. And obviously, he missed a penalty as well. But I actually thought a better team than Turkey would have made us pay because we defended badly and we missed not just good chances, but one-on-ones and things like this, which you just cannot do at, at the very top level. So, and look, overall, Wales are punching way above their weight. So before the tournament, I said, if we get out of the groups, I'm happy. So I should be happy. Unfortunately, the nature of the performances takes the shine off a little bit. So I'm yeah. caught, caught in the middle. Um, but one thing, one thing, thing I, I, I will, I will one, say, and... I, Sorry, Sai, just to disrupt and uh, interrupt you. Um, Jalo, t- tell me about the, the four starts that, 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 the, that the team's made. So we, we, we go back to the, the, the Switzerland game. I think for about two or three minutes, I think they were, they were excellent. They could have scored the first couple of minutes. Turkey, they should have been two or three and up in the first six, seven, eight, nine minutes. Italy, I thought they started pretty bright. Um, mm-hmm. And then against, against Denmark as well, I think they thought they started excellently. I thought Gareth Bale had a couple of chances. Why is it then that they take the foot off the pedal and they don't carry on the, the way that they're the way that they started the games is is it is it negative tactics? Is it is it players just not being confident in getting that first goal early? What what is it from your opinion? Frank, same as when you played, Andy, you're always looking to score early. That's what you try and set out to do. If you can get a goal early, settle your team down. Everyone gets confidence. Everyone gets on the ball. Everyone gets a touch of it. Your confidence builds. But I think with this with Wales. Um, or this group of players, yeah. if they don't score in that 15, 20 minute period, that you know the opposition are going to create chances. And that's when we put ourselves under a bit of pressure. When Denmark, and like Sai said, we were the better team for 15, 20 minutes. But then also, Denmark, they yeah. had a spell of about eight, nine minutes and they scored. And a fabulous goal it was, the first goal. Yes. The way football is now, he wouldn't have been a foul in my day. You know, the centre forward, Kiefer Moore, would have backed into that guy and held him off. But I, I don't like to see big centre forwards going down like that. But the way football is, yeah, you look at it and you think, well, yeah, that is a foul. He didn't give it. They went on. It was a fabulous finish, absolutely fabulous. But then we allowed them to dictate the pace of the game. You know, again, you need, and, and I don't think we've got it, and we haven't got an Ashley Williams anymore. We haven't got, when I played, a Teddy Yoroth in the middle of the field who'd be pointing fingers at people. If I was playing with you, I'd be Andy, Andy, do your job. Stop them coming through. Mm. Close the wing-backs down. Close the full-backs. But you don't seem to see that on the pitch anymore. You know. Oh, you Sorry, Jago. Uh, I just wanted to ask you something on that regarding Ashley Williams, obviously a leader. I felt like Joe Roden's best game was when he played alongside Chris Gunter. I think it was the Turkey game. Or it might have been even the Italy game, but I actually thought kids Chris Gunter, his experience in the centre of defence actually helped Joe Roden a lot. Yes, probably would do. Would do so. so would do. Knowing that we didn't have that leader within the defence, because Ben Davis is you know very vastly experienced, but he is he's quite quiet. Should maybe Chris Gunter have been looked at as a central defender to alongside the younger players, you know, just to to talk them through it and get them through. I, I know they're adults and I know they play professional football, but they are young men. It is a big thing. So having someone who's been there and done it alongside you is always going to help, isn't it? It, it, it does. But, you know, again, you know, people, you just use the phrase there, been there and done it. And he has done a hundred odd caps. But Chris is not the player he was four years no, ago. No, yeah, you know, that's so, problem. And, and I'm sure if Denmark would have seen Chris Gunter playing at centre-back, they would have even changed their tactics even even more. You know, they, they would have obviously tried to get down the flanks, get him out wide, drag him down there, you know, waste his energy, if you like, or, or, or mm. get him tired. But I think Cabango and Roden would have... Would yeah, Cabango's the one. But, but you know what, like, like Andy said, you know, I'm not blaming Robert Page, you can't, you know, what he's done, it, it, it's okay. great. His CV will say he got us out. But 
like mm. I said earlier, I think that was on the cards. It was coming. And unfortunately, on the day, we played a team that were right on their game. Yes, I mean, yeah, right they were on very, very good. Very, well, here's, very good. The, here's, the, here's the question I put to both of you, and you can both answer me at the same time and with one word. The fact is, if you take out Ryan Giggs and everything, would Robert Page be the Wales manager at this time in his career if it wasn't for Ryan no. Giggs? He wouldn't, no. would he? No, and no, no. It's just that's just the fact of it. Wales, look, but he's I, but he's not going to say he's not going to he's not going to not he's not going to not take the yeah, of course. You know what I mean? He, he, of he, course, he's sat not. down with the Welsh well, FA, and this was a once in a lifetime opportunity for Pagey to to manage yeah. his country, to represent his country, and you've seen the passion for his country. Listen, there'll be no prouder person after the third game against Italy to know that he's put his country through. And there'll be no person yeah. in that dressing room at home who'll have been more gutted with the way that the result went than Pagey himself as well. So of all the people yeah. who have been negative about him, all the people who were... Listen, I've never met a prouder Welshman than Pagey in my life. You know what I mean? When he played, what he played like that, when he managed... I don't know. I'm, I'm spoken for a while, but he, he seems as though he manages with his heart on his sleeve. And, and listen, no manager and player wants to lose. It's just part yeah. and parcel of happening. If you get beat 1-0, you get beat 4-0... It's a defeat. You've got to take it on the chin, like Jalo said, and you move on. You've got the next tournament on qualifier, and, and hopefully the players have learned, got more experience, and are yeah. able to um, to learn from what went wrong. Because yeah. what went wrong was 100%. there weren't. But probably what what went wrong is is there was a few players left at home, which probably shouldn't have been left at home. But that's but also different people to decide whoever picked that squad. When we were doing the preview show, and I asked you the question: Should England have taken Harry Maguire? and uh, Jordan Henderson, because they were carrying injuries, they might not be fit till the knockout stage, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously England have got a bigger pool of players to select from. Wales had Joe Allen coming back from a long-term injury. You know, he'd been out all season. Gareth Bale has played sporadically for Spurs. Ramsey's been injured all season. Um, then you've got Morale is being picked as your first-choice holding midfielder, yet hasn't played for Luton barely at all this year because he couldn't get in the team. Um, you've also got, uh, there was someone else as well, which I've forgotten now. Um, but there was, that's like, not just your four or five best players, apart from Morel, but also it's half a team of players who've barely played football. And that is a problem for me. That And I felt like that did show, like Joe Allen was feeling his way into the tournament. I thought he was good in bits and pieces, but at other times he looked really off the pace. Gareth Bale didn't really get going. He, he he just hasn't got the pace that he once had. I thought Ramsey was probably one of our better players, but in the biggest game, he just wasn't able to, you know, to really influence anything. Um, and Joe Morrell, look, I don't blame Joe Morrell. He did his best. I just don't think he is Wales' best holding midfielder at the end of the day. Say, say, say. What I would say to you is, um, Ethan Ampadu played over thirty games last year for Sheffield yep. United in the Premier Division, mm-hmm. and and I can't see how the kid didn't get a start. Absolutely. And, and again, nothing against Morel, but you look at it now, Ampadu and Joe Allen. For me, yes. that looks that looks nice yes. and solid. Good footballers, experience, um, and and I pro- I would have gone for that. But having said that. The kid Morel has never let us down, but what? He, why? Listen, Nathan no. Jones at Luton, he's no mug. I can't no. understand why in this boy playing for Luton. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a weird one. Um, and like you said, we may, we've mentioned Cabango. I wanted to very quickly, quickly um, just talk because obviously we have got quite a big Welsh contingent who watch us. So I just want to quickly talk about obviously it's a year till the World Cup. Wales have at the moment got a very good chance of qualifying. Um, they're, you know the, the other teams in their league, uh, there's three beatable teams, four probably. I think they're capable of getting a result against the Czech Republic if they play well. And then you've got Belgium as well. So they have got a chance to qualify for the next summer's tournament. For me personally, and this is only my personal opinion, um, I would like to see Kabanga in the middle of that defence. I would probably play him alongside Ben Davis with a bit of experience. But I could also... I felt like... Uh, Joe Rodon showed a little bit of immaturity at times. 
and I would like him to kind of go away and just mature a little bit as a footballer. But I also wouldn't be against him playing with Kabanga at club, club and country level because I think they have good pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see Nico Williams in there. I thought Connor Roberts, whilst he positionally was out of place for a couple of goals, I thought he did all right. Um, I, uh, exactly what you said, Jilo. I'd have Ampadu and Joe Allen as my two because I think Ampadu gives the legs for Joe Allen. Um, and then Joe Allen can do what he does. And then you've got to get the likes of Harry Wilson and and David Brooks uh, and Nico Williams. You've got to get these boys playing in the starting eleven. Um, and then you've got Ruben Corwell, didn't even get a look in. You've got uh, Levitt and you've got Volks. Um, got to get these boys. For, uh, Tyler Roberts has played, from, I don't know how many games he played for Leeds in the Premier League this year, but he played quite a few. Couldn't he get on the pitch? It's, wow. uh, it's really, really strange. Like, even when, like, I would have taken Kiefer Moore off against Denmark towards the end, probably with about 20 minutes to go because it wasn't working. Um, and he still would couldn't put Tyler Roberts on. It was really strange. Um, but, Jilo, I just wanted to quickly get your opinion on kind of what I said there about just bringing in those players. Um, and also, Rye has asked, would you have taken Luke Jeffcott to, in the squad? No. Is a straight answer to that, Si. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, you've just mentioned a few lads there. Listen, D- Dave Brooks has, has had a bit of an up-and-down season, obviously, with injured. Before, uh, I think it was the, the season before Bournemouth got relegated, he had an outstanding season in the Premier Division. He is a really, really good player. I saw him when he was playing for Sheffield United, and, you know, I was really excited about this kid. I've watched him live playing for Wales at Ninian Park. Goes past people, lovely. He's got a lovely left foot. Uses his right foot when when he when he needs to. I think Harry Wilson again is is the type of player you want. He suits um, international football, if you like, because international football is is not all blood and guts. You know, running like headless chickens. You've got to re- retain the ball, keep the ball, possession, and Wilson does that brilliantly he's very very good footballer he, he, and then when you get further up the pitch around the box around that area he comes alive unfortunately for Cardiff we never ever saw him enough in those positions because they didn't get get in the ball around there but I think at, the first time I was on this show sir I think um, we got beat 3-1 at Belgium he scored a fabulous goal for Wales if you remember it was one touch passing I think it was uh, someone out wide knocked it into bail one touch into Harry Wilson just ran onto it and side foot, uh, side footed it past him. Um, I think that's how you say it. Courtois or Courtois is it the Belgian yeah. keeper? Outstanding Sorry. goal. But that that kid has got that ability. So we've got good players, but they've got to be playing on a regular basis. They're no good if you know they can't turn up yeah. and play international games when they're not playing. Um, and I think I think Robert Robert Page is is aware of that. You know he he he. he because he's developed them as the at uh, the under twenty ones, but yes, Ramsey Bale, I, th- I can see Bale dropping back now again. The, the goal against Turkey, Bale would, was nigh on uh, uh, just inside our own half when he passed that ball to Aaron. Ram- he can change his game. He he can play there. He's got a fabulous. Giggs did it, didn't he? He dropped into yeah. Central midfield. He's got he's got a great range of passing. Gareth Bale still got a great touch. Um, Aaron Ramsey, like you said, he, I think he played 22 games for Juventus. Coming into a major tournament, although uh, he's got all the ability, but you, 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 you're lacking freshness, really. You know, when, when you yes. when yeah. you're playing games, you're on top of your game. Gareth Bale and Ramsey, unfortunately, came into this tournament not really on top of their games. Whereas the last time mm. they were right on top of their games. So, yeah. you know, there, there is going to come a time when we need to replace them. We're not going to produce straight away names like Ramsey and Bale again, but I still feel we've got some kids. Um, I'm told now in the end of 18s, we've got some really exciting young players. One lad that um, a lot of people have said to me about, Andy, Jason Bowen, that played for, for Cardiff yeah. and Wales, or yeah, his yeah. son, Sam Bowen, mm-hmm. they said yeah. that he's got a lot, a lot of ability, but it's just getting that opportunity, getting in the Cardiff team, yeah, and obviously, yeah. no. and then getting in. Yeah. But these, unless these players are given a chance to, to, to play for their league sides and you've got a manager brave enough, like we yeah. talk, Mick McCarthy, will, will a footballing midfielder or striker suit, suit, uh, his, game. suit, suit his game? Yeah. So, 
But also, but also, also, fellas, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, and other nations have done it. Sometimes they took a hit on a on a World Cup or a Euros and not qualified because they've stuck to a philosophy for a planning for a six years time. You know what I mean? Because or for or four years time. Because if you qualify with with an with an aging team and you're going into a tournament with an aging team, you you struggle. You know what I mean? It's about it's about hitting the yeah. hitting the right tournament at the right time. You know what I mean? Sometimes you've got to have a a long term vision because. We've all said, Jack, you've said it yourself, Sai, you know what I mean? So when's that button going to be pressed? Is it going to be pressed now that they've just docked out the tournament so that they can look for the next World Cup and give the youngsters an opportunity to qualify? Are they going to put the youngsters in for the World Cup? Are they going to put the youngsters in after the World Cup for the next qualification? For me, then it's too late because you're two years down the line. You've got to either push yeah, the button now yeah. and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Don't be disheartened because in two years' time, those players will have two years of experience. You know, I mean, the good enough yeah. footballers you just need so, to play together for longer. You know, I mean, Jalo said there, you're not going to get a Gareth Bale. There's no Gareth Bales out mm-hmm. there at the minute. You know what I mean? No. There's no Aaron Ramsey's out there at the minute. But the team might be a better team without the superstars in it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, one question I've got then, and for you with that, is obviously the players which I mentioned, um, you know, Nico Williams, uh, Amadou, all these guys, they're uh, Kabanga, they're playing first team football around Europe for top teams. Uh, in for predominantly the, either the top division or the you know the second division championship level, so they're all playing first team football. They're all starters generally. So should should you think it's the best thing to do is to try and get them playing for Wales, but also playing get getting that experience alongside people like Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey and Joe Allen, like a year playing again alongside them consistently is going to do those young players the world of good to settle into international football so that when those players, particularly I'm looking at Bale, I think Ramsey is probably, I think he's a little bit younger, but like particularly Bale and Joe Allen, when they do retire, those players, it's not a shock to their system, if you if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you think no, that's listen, important think... or do you think, or do you think they should cut the cord now and just try and qualify for the World Cup with the younger players and kind of say to Gareth Bale, look, yeah, enough's enough. Listen, I think I think there's always a role for Gareth Bale to be in and around the world squad. I think there's always a role for him to be there to pass his experience on, to pass his knowledge on, to pass his. I've been there more the t-shirt, so to speak. But they've got to cut the cord sometimes. They've got to make that 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 decision to go on to the next level. Uh, Harry Wilson, Harry Wilson came to Cardiff last season on loan to get in the Euro squad. He got in the Euro squad and he wasn't given his opportunity. He might as well have stayed at Liverpool. He still would have got his opportunity. He still would have gotten in the squad. He wouldn't, you know what I mean? He's, he's in there because of reputation. He's in there. And that's wrong. He should have been, for me, he should have been playing because he's playing week in, week out. The way that he finished the season, Harry Wilson, was because of his ability. You know what I mean? Because he was confident. He's going into a tournament after scoring a hat-trick against uh, Birmingham City, after being man of the match, player of the month. He should have been going in that tournament with, with tons of confidence. But then he's getting held back. He's coming on for eight minutes. What's that doing for the boys' confidence? How can he achieve anything in eight minutes? And then he's he's coming on against um, against Denmark and having to change something. How can a, mm-hmm. how can a, a, the pressure on a on a young man's shoulders be be acceptable when he's got to go and change a game? That's acceptable for me on a Gareth Bale's shoulders, on Aaron Ramsey's shoulders because they've been there. It's not fair on a, on a young player. What about um, Ruben Corwell going? Like to me. And I'm sure, look, I'm sure Ruben Corwell enjoyed his experience vastly. I thought, I'm sure it was a dream come true. But to me, taking him and Johnny Williams was pointless. Pointless. Because well, they didn't well, play a minute of football. Johnny Williams was no, never going to yeah, be fit no. enough to play football. Never. Yeah. yeah no. He's gone. Uh, Jaira, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, Say. You know, Ruben Colwell, um, I, I think it's fair to say, and you know, every Cardiff City fan will say, we can't really say he thoroughly deserved to be in the squad because I think he's only had five games for Cardiff and, yeah. and three of them have come yeah. off the bench and the other two where he started. Yes, he's got potential. Um, and yes, I, I hope he goes on to have a fabulous career and does great yeah, for Cardiff too. this season. But... Mm. You, I, don't, I just don't know. I, I think I mentioned this before with, with Andy. When Wayne Rooney or Michael Owen was selected for England, they were, they were selected because what they were doing. When Andy was selected for the England under-21 team, it wasn't because he was only playing for Middlesbrough. It's because of the way he was playing and, and, and what he was doing in games. 
So they're, you know, they're looking at people and think, hey, this kid's on his game. We'll take him. I just don't see yeah. how they could take Johnny Williams on that and also Ruben Colwell and one or two others as well. And I know we keep mentioning the name, but it's a massive kick in the teeth for Will Vokes. I personally think yeah. something has happened that we don't know about. It's the only thing I can think of. Because Will Vokes had a great season. It's always been in, in, in and around the Welsh squad, but was totally given the elbow. And I think that was sad, really. Hmm. I think there's, there's got to be a plan side. There's got, there had to be a plan. You know, I mean, I spoke about England's plan. Um, the England, England thought, well, Gaz Southgate me thought that he was going to win the first two games and he was going to play Harry Maguire in the third game for 90 minutes. He was going to give John Henson the 45. So for me, that was always planned out. The first two results didn't go the, full, the way he planned, but he still executed it because they qualified. If they'd have lost against Czech, Czech Republic, he still justified his plan to get Harry 90 minutes to be fit for the further tournament. For me, after Wills qualified in the second game, because they had qualified, by the way, with four points, it was impossible, nigh on impossible, to not go through with four points. Why not just throw some of these players in? Like, yeah. just give these players a rest, you know what I mean? Like, like I looked at some of the substitutions in that game and bringing on um, Kiefer Moore and telling him not to jump with his arms because he can get a yellow card. Point, pointless. So, you know why I mean? wouldn't you bring Tyler Roberts on then? Well, well, exactly. And, and, that's my, and that's my point, you know what I mean? I, I just look at decisions and it's small minds you know what I mean? we're on about these decisions split you know what i mean if you're looking at a bench and you've seen tyler roberts you're seeing um other players i'd have even put dan james up front and let him go and run around go and go and chase yeah. over the top oh, just knock the ball over i the thought top, dan james was treated badly mate yeah three I games, four games he got brought off everyone i thought it was poor yeah, yeah. and he was probably what our best forward again. player I thought it was really. I thought he got really badly treated because he was the one threat we had constantly with his pace and Yes, one or two of the games he wasn't at his best, but generally he always looked to danger going forward, and he was always the one to come off. It was, it was a weird one. But Reese just said there, Will Vokes did an interview a while back, um, and he said, "I don't see me getting a call up whilst the current management is in the job," which I think that, if that quote is accurate, that um, that tells you that something has happened. Something you know, something's gone yeah, on. Yeah, whether it's just yeah. a disagreement or there's something. Um, which is a real shame because Wales shame. aren't Wales aren't a country which qualify tournament after after tournament after tournament, and hopefully we won't have to wait another you know fifty odd years for the next sort of couple of qualifications because that would be a tremendous shame for Will Vokes because he deserved his place in the squad. But um, right, we've got uh, twenty minutes or so now. We're going to move on from uh, Wales. Uh, the, the game Saturday night was Italy 2, Austria 1. Um, I thought Austria were outstanding. Um, I thought Italy grounded out a bit, but I thought Austria really showed up for this game. And uh, Andy, what, like, tell me the importance of Arnautovic to Austria because they look a different beast with him up top. Uh, no, listen. He, he he makes a huge difference. He gets all the ball. He's technically very good. Um, he's 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 there. He's then he's their talisman. He gets them going. He he he, tells them he he upsets defenders. He's got a bit of everything. He's got a bit of arrogance. A bit of a bit of aggression. But he can also play as well. You know, he's just, he's he's got the whole lot. And that's not a surprise that he's been a very good Premier League player. He's obviously gone over to China. Um, but for me as well, I think one of the pluses, and I'll be critical on this on the show about uh, David Alaba, he's been absolutely awful throughout the tournament. But he turned up and then really got tournament because he was playing in his right position. And when he's yeah. playing on the left, he can bomb up and down, he can get on the ball, he can make things happen. David Alaba's putting balls into Anatovic and giving him what he wants, putting crosses in the box, giving him balls into feet instead of being centre half and getting caught out and making mistakes. And you know, I mean, if you're putting round pegs in square holes, it's, it's not going to work. And, and I think it showed that. And they were very fortunate to get out of the group. But I think they were very unfortunate to be knocked out as well now. So it's yeah, they, they can probably be very proud of how the um, how the how the tournament's gone on a, on a whole. But they'll be still be a little bit disappointed how um, how they didn't get through because I thought they were very unfortunate not to win that game. Yeah. Obviously with, with the VAR decision, but it was offside. Yeah, it was offside. But Jido, I thought um, one th positive thing for Italy, apart from the fact they went through, was that they showed that they can win games. And maybe not be at their best. So we've seen them in the group stage play some phenomenal football, score some great goals. But now we've also seen them grind out a difficult game in the knockout stages, which I think really bodes well for them going forward into the tournament. Because you do need that. You need to have be able to pull out a result when you're not at your best. Without a doubt. And if you go back 30 years, 40 years, side, that's what Italy were all about. Italy wouldn't go out and steamroll a team 3-4-0. 
they would win games 1-0. You very, very uh, wouldn't concede goals defensively. We all know about what the Italian defenders were like, you know. But yes, I, I, I agree with you. And, and again, I have to say, I thought Austria was smashing. Um, and you know what? You've got a few countries that, that have opened my eyes, really, in, in these Euros. Austria, who've been quiet for, for quite a while now, have emerged. Hungary are a decent yeah. team. You mentioned Good. the Czech, Re- Czech Republic is going to be a tough game for us now, Si. Very tough. You know, was it um, was it Finland that drew with Germany and France and went out? Um, no, Finland were in Denmark's group. Uh, no, Hungary was in Denmark uh, in the German in the group of death, weren't they? Because at one point the Germans were going out in the final game, and uh, Hungary were right. going through. Um, but, but yeah, but I agree a, with you. There's a lot of uh, like not so uh, the so-called big names in Europe. Hungary, a, a, a team like Hungary, you know, they've been quiet for a long, long time, going back a long time. They're fabulous footballers. They produced Puskas, who was probably the third, first world superstar. Um, but now they, they've all they've developed young players. Like Andy said, they must have had a plan, it, probably a 10-year plan, because they've done nothing for a long time. But now it's come to the top. You know, Austria, Czech Republic, um, Finland, you know, they, 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 these little nations are... Um, another side as well who didn't qualify. Macedonia, even Dave. They Macedonia. Macedonia conducted themselves pretty well. Played Iceland, some good football. Iceland weren't in this one, but Iceland have done really well in oh. in in the last you know big competitions. Uh, will Scotland you know kick on from this because they must take uh, a lot of uh, pride out of qualifying and also getting that draw against England oh. at Wembley. Um, and obviously, you know what happened with with Billy Gilmore, who's a fabulous little player for them that, that couldn't play. So uh, we've got to be careful, Wales. You know, like Andy is saying, what what do we do? Do we keep Gareth Bale and Ramsey, or or do we bring other lads in? I think we've got to make sure that we're not picking people on reputation. We're picking people who are playing well and can do that job for their country and want to mm. be in the team. Totally agree. Dave. Couldn't say it right. And uh, another team, so I thought Italy weren't maybe as good as I thought they were going to be against Austria, but I think that was more down to Austria's uh, quality than than Italy maybe not turning up. But the Netherlands, to go from what they were in the group stage, yeah, and, yeah. like they were phenomenal in the group stage, really good mm. going forward. Yeah. And even in the last couple of games, they sorted out their defence. And then all of a sudden, Czech Republic, who I thought had looked Pretty average. I thought Scotland should have beaten them. England beat them. Um, yeah, I just Czech Republic turned up and turned up in style. Yeah, and listen, I think uh, um, I think we're on about margins, and we talk about it all the time. You know, what I mean, uh, Marlon should have scored. I tried to take it on the goalkeeper. He had so much time, and then you go down the other end, and Delit trips over, falls over, and handles the ball. You know, what I mean, so it, fundamental error. You know, in mean, fall over, that's fine. But when you start doing things with your hand, he's, it was always a red card for me. I don't know what the complaints were. It was a for me, it was wow. a, a deliberate handball. It was a goal scoring opportunity. But they had to then go and win the game. You know what I mean? Then, uh, you know what I mean? For me, I thought Holland played a little bit better once we went down to 10 men. I thought they got themselves sorted out. I thought he made some decent substitutions. But the first goal was going to be key. And I thought that both goals what they scored, I thought, were, were outstanding. I, th- I thought the, the, the way that they played, how passionate they were. Um, listen, it's going, to be a, it's going to be very interesting, obviously, that semi-final, the way that the, way that the, the, the draw's been made. Because... One of those two nations is going to go through the semi-final. You know what I mean? So it's going to be so mm. so interesting that in that side of the group because Czech Republic have got an opportunity now to um, to keep progressing. You know what I mean? They've got Premier League players. They've got players who are playing at the top level. So I think it's sometimes disrespectful to look past teams like that because yeah. we've had Greece winning it. We've had Denmark winning it in the past. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's the best teams, not the best players, but the best no. teams who win tournaments. And Strong. they played yesterday as a team. And uh, the teams are the uh, and listen. What about teams who who slowly get better during the tournament? You know, I mean, for me, France haven't started yet. You know, I mean, there's loads to come from them. Germany not started yet. England not started yet. There's so many teams who haven't started yet, but they're they're, they're now right there. And you wouldn't want to play them. Same as Denmark. That game's going to be a, an absolute cracker. Yeah, Denmark's my. I really fancy Denmark at the moment. Um, Gino, talk to me about a bit about Netherlands and Holland, uh, Holland historically. Like historically created some of the greatest footballers we've ever been lucky enough to watch from Johan Cruyff's, whether it's that or one of the best strikers that's ever played the game and uh, Van Nistelrooy and Ruud Hullet and, and Van Basten and all these incredible players. 
And even now they had these great young footballers. Memphis Depay, Memphis Depay has just made this, you know, a big move to uh, Barcelona, and and when when Aldem is going to possibly go to Paris, but and they looked great, but they just cannot seem to get it together in the big tournaments. Why do you yeah. think that is? I, it's got to be a mental thing, side because they they got the ability. Like you said, in the group stages, they were phenomenal. I don't think there was any team in the tournament that was quicker going from back to front, running with the ball than than uh, than, than the Netherlands. Absolutely brilliant the way they got from from the uh, from the back through the midfield forward, and and then had the composure in front of a goal either to score or make the keeper make a save, or or it just goes wide. But I think. Um, Rude Hullet tweeted something. He said, why is it? Why didn't our big players, the like of Memphis Depay and um, Frankie Dijon and people like that, they never turned up on the night. But Holland, Holland always, always had it. Going back to the, um, Argentina when, when I think they lost in the final. Fabulous. You know, with the, the Frank De Boer and the, the De Boers were playing and Ronald Koeman and people like that. Their history of players, you know, after Cruyff, you know, he started it. I love watching Holland play. I, I, I think it's absolutely, that's the way I want to see football played. Yes. Some, something is just not, uh, why why they've never won the World Cup, I don't know, because they're such a talented nation. And maybe they need to look at now with young players, what we need to do, where we need to change. Perhaps we need to, to, to I think they did miss um, uh, the, the big centre-back from Liverpool as well. He would have been in there, obviously. You know, he's, he's a leader oh, of men. You know, he, he obviously yeah. controls things for them. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's um, Holland. It, it's a mystery. I would have loved to have still have been in the competition, but take take nothing away. They were beaten by the better team on the night. They were. Um, Andy, do you know just off the top of your head? Doesn't matter if you don't. How do Holland do in the under twenty three, under twenty ones, whatever it is? Those tournaments. You know, as they're building these players up for. For you know, for first, uh, for full caps and stuff like that. Like, do they win there was, those tournaments? There were semi. There were semi. There were semi-finals. There were semi-finals in the under twenty ones. Just, just, just gone before the for the World Cup. So a few of the players have obviously made the full squad as well. Listen, that their their youth team, their youth product and the production line is 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 unbelievable. You know what I mean? Because they're technically very good at a young age, and it's all about play, 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 pass, 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 which is a fantastic way to play individually, collectively. It's hard to do that when someone's pressing against you and you're getting a different mentality and a different team against you. It's so different. And for me, they don't play well as a team. They've got so many individuals and they just don't do it as a team. I look, you know what I mean? That if you just name some of the world-class players. You've got um, Frank Rijkaard, Rude Hullet, Marco Van Basten. But they had the workman players to go with that. They had the Robbie Vinters. Yes. They had other players who had... Jake did all the donkey work like for that. them. Yeah, mm. they are those kind of players who worked hard... Everyone in the Holland side just wants to get on the ball and look pretty. I don't see anyone who grabs the game by the scrub of the neck. You know, I mean, everyone wants the ball and take people on it. It doesn't. It's not a recipe for success. You know, what I mean, Italy, Italy, Italy for me, the, the hardest working team in the tournament I've seen. You know, what I mean, I, I seen Holland against Ukraine. I thought they give away the game and they, they were lucky to win it. The second game, I think they just got a little bit over the line. The third game, they obviously played Macedonia. It was it was a walk in the park. They're going into a, a knock knockout game. After resting a couple of players and it backfired a little bit, you know what I mean? Yes, mm. it's fine margins. They probably could have won the game, but before that game, before that goal, they still were the probably the, the weaker weaker out of the two sides. Yeah, um, so I just had a quick look at the under twenty ones record of Holland. Um, so in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, they won um, the European Championship tournaments. Um, then. Yeah. They've made a semi-final last year, or the, as you mentioned, before that, 2013. Apart from that, there's uh, they've got a lot of didn't qualify, um, and then sort of quarterfinals, group stages, things like this. So it's been a long time since internationally Holland have really got to the finals and to one one stuff. So maybe it is a psychological thing. Thus, you know, they've even got at the younger levels. Uh, it's a weird one though because you know these are if you look at the players and the clubs they play for they're highly successful footballers yeah. who win trophies. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I don't want difficult difficult one. Uh, moving on, we had uh, Belgium versus Portugal last night, and I have to say, um, Belgium assured decent. I thought Portugal panicked 
as soon as they went one nil down, they got frantic really quick. Um, and it, it puzzled me. I was very disappointed with how they went about their business in the second half. It just, yeah, just confused me a little bit. But, um, Jairo, we'll start with you this time. What did you think of the, the Belgium-Portugal game? Exactly what you said, Sai. I think that um, when Belgium scored, I think they were in total control from then on. You know, they, they controlled the game, dictated everything. Portugal, uh, yeah, were, were erratic, were, were doing things which they don't normally do. They're nice and silky and smooth. You know, obviously, they you know they, you want Ronaldo on the ball all the time. But again, he's not the player he was. As good as good as he's been, and as good as he has been, and he probably hasn't had a bad tournament. You know, he scored goals in this tournament as well. But um, I would say it's probably his uh, his swan song now, with, uh, with as far as uh, playing for Portugal in in major competitions. But again, they're a talented uh, nation, Portugal. They've always produced um, good players. But on that performance, I just thought that they need uh, to 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 find players that can compete, not panic. Go a goal down, you know. They just just stay in command, or just just keep it tight. Could get back in the game and then seize on a chance when you get it, because that's what football's all about. You go one nil down, it's no good going gung ho and thinking right, let's get at them because the opposition, if they're good enough, like Belgium, will pick you off again. You just try and shut it down, keep them quiet for 10, 15 minutes. They don't score again, then you work your way back into the game. And unfortunately, going back to Wales on Saturday, that's what we never did. We, yeah. we it, 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 instead of trying to say right, we're one nil down. Let's dig in. Let's hold it here for ten, fifteen minutes. We were letting Denmark run all over us, and and it caused all kinds of problems. But again, you know, it's um, it, it, I, I think it, it was the right result. Bel- and and again, a one-off game, Belgium can beat anyone. Yeah, hundred percent. Andy, Belgium. Um, I've got a couple of injury concerns now with Eden Hazard and De Bruyne. That could be massive in the tournament going forward. Um, yeah. And from Portugal's point of view, I thought too many of their big players didn't turn up at this tournament. I thought Ronaldo was all right. He did his job. He scored goals. He, you know, he, he was in the right areas and whatnot. Was he amazing? Probably not, but he still did his job. Um, Bruno Fernandes did absolutely nothing. Um, Silva didn't do a lot. These are big players. One player who I thought had an excellent tournament and I'd expect him to have a big move again after a tournament is Renato Sanchez. But mm. you need your big players to turn up and too many didn't for Portugal. Oh, listen, it's um, one thing I will say about the game, I thought it was the worst game so far in the last 16. I thought they both cancelled yeah. each other out. It doesn't matter yeah. if you've got the best players on show in the world. They're just, they're just, it just didn't happen for whatever reason. It was like a game of chess. It was very dull. It was very, until probably the goal went in, um, until probably a few incidents, um, which I thought Pepe was out of order every time he got involved in things. I just don't yeah, like the way he acts on football pitch. Uh, you know what I mean? But but every time he gets involved in something, you're, he's his own worst enemy. You know what I mean? Because for me, I thought Lukaku was quiet. And every time look, he, he tried to upset Lukaku, Lukaku then was good minutes. And you can't be upsetting these kind of people. You know what I mean? For me, if De Bruyne is not fit, Belgium will struggle. Um, yeah. I think Hazard's missed a lot. Lot of the tournaments, I think um, yes, he's a he's a, he's a player that you want in your team, but I, I think they've got all players who could potentially fill his gap, and he can come off the bench and, and probably make a bigger impact. Because I thought he he was quiet, but he managed himself through. I think that was a game that they expected um, to win, and they had to put him in. But he, you could see he was tiring towards the end, and I think it was cramped that he's come off with. But it's a muscle injury; it's still fatigue. Is he going to be fit enough to go into a a quarter final? That's up to them to make a decision. But for me, De Bruyne is the biggest one. They need him fit. If they miss Lukaku, De Bruyne um, and probably Courtois, I think they'd probably struggle. They're, they're there for me. They're there, yeah. they're there spying on their team, which they need to be They need to be there. But Portugal, yeah, I agree. I, thought, I, don't, I don't get Sanchez. I, I, I don't get the whole... the whole. You know, For Swansea, I thought he was awful. I, I think he, he, mm. he, he was very limited in the Premier League. He's, he's done it a few, a few other countries, a few other teams. But every tournament, he, te- he seems to turn up. So... You know what I mean? He's either very clever <laughs> or just very inconsistent. Probably, I think it's probably the latter. <laughs> yeah, but on his day, he's a phenomenal footballer. Right, very quickly, uh, I'd like you to give me both uh, a prediction for tonight's game between France and Switzerland. Uh, Jaila, what do you think the score is going to be? 2-0 to France. And uh, Andy, what do you think the score is going to be in that? Yeah, uh, listen, I can't see past France. Uh, I'll go 3-0. I think Benzema will score. I thought he was fun. 
phenomenal the other day. He's, he's, he yeah. led, led the line really well. His first goal for a while. I think he's he's going to be he's going to be up there with it. top goals guy if he if he can get a goal now. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Pogba has been very good as well in this tournament. Just by the way, just for for the Liverpool fans in the group. Um, <laughs> the, um, and then Sweden, Ukraine tomorrow. Jyla, what do you think the score is going to be? Oh, a tight one there. Very, very tight. Um, I've got a sneaky feeling for Ukraine. Okay. I think they can win one nil. Interesting. What about you, And? Um, a flip of a coin. I think the the both they can both. Beat each other. Um, I think it'd be a very good game. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll go opposite. I'll go Sweden. I don't know. What, I, I'm just, I just think they'll, they've got a few exciting young players that they've got a plan, and their plan is to get the quarter final. And if they can't, who knows? Yeah, I think Sweden. I've been really impressed with Sweden in the tournament so far. I said that on my Friday uh, in the solo show. It was, uh, it was really been quite impressed with Sweden. So I'm going to go but two 0 two two nil Sweden. Um, Andy, you have sixty seconds to preview. England versus Germany. But before you do, Jilo, what's the score going to be in Germany versus England? I can see England winning that 2 0. They've got to come alive, England. They've got to. And I think they could go all the way. Okay. I think uh, England will win on penalties. Andy, <laughs> the floor is yours, my friend. If it goes to penalties, I'm not sure my heart will, uh, my heart will finish to be, uh, to be to carry on, to be fair. Um, listen, um, Jilo's just hit the nail on the head for me. England have got to start, and they've got to start tomorrow. They've got to start with a high tempo. They've got to have a, a game plan. They've got to stop their big players playing. They've got to stop Tony Cruz passing the ball around. They've got to get at the age in back five of Germany with pace, with power, with strength. Um, got to get around the sides. They've got to get around the back. They've got to get shots on target. Harry Kane will score in this tournament. So if England yeah. can keep another clean sheet tomorrow, they'll win. You know, I can't see a, a tournament without Harry Kane scoring in the tournament. I think it'll be it will be a national disaster if Harry Kane didn't score in the tournament. Um, <laughs> listen, the talk of the game's been been quite relaxed. Um, you know, what I mean, because of the size of the game, I'm surprised. You know, what I mean, for me, I should it should have been drummed up. Um, I think. I think obviously with Gareth Southgate's penalty, I think it's taking the pressure off the, the boys a little bit and it's been focused more on the manager in the way that Germany have beaten England over there and got a better record. So I think they're going into the game quite confident. I'm really, I'm a passionate Englishman. I really, really, really hope that we can get through. And if they get through, I can't say anything else except um, for me getting in the final. You know what I mean? Because the, the side of the group, they've got the best possible chance. And for me, if they, if they do get through tomorrow, if they don't get to the final, They've underachieved massively. Yeah. I um, Andy, I said to you before Wales's game on Saturday that if Wales and England get through their first knockout games, that they would get probably to one of them would get to the final. And I truly believe that that still counts for I think England or Denmark will get to the final if England get through Germany. Because that just the way the group has panned out after the German game. I feel that England on paper will look at that and think we could beat them on our day. But they've got to get through Germany. It's a massive, yeah. massive ask, mate, yeah, to get through I totally Germany. Agree. And, and the, but, way that, the way the draws panned out as well, obviously England played Germany, then they played the winners of Sweden and Ukraine. Uh, and then it'll be a semi-final against Czech Republic, who they've already beaten. And Denmark, you know what I mean? England-Denmark, it'd be like a Premier League game with the amount of Premier League players on shore. It'd be... It'd be a phenomenal game at Wembley. And um, listen, I, I hope it all pans out in, in the reality. You know what I mean? But the way that football can be so um, cruel that if penalties are involved tomorrow, I won't be watching it. I'll be honest. I'll be hiding behind somewhere. I'll be hiding in a different... Yeah, bless you. Um, look, I hope, I hope that you enjoy the game, mate, um, and more than I enjoyed the Wales I'll game on the weekend. I'll enjoy it. Um, <laughs> most of all guys thanks thank you ever so much to everyone who joined us tonight really enjoyed it thank you as ever to our guest uh gilo it's uh, always fun mate yeah, having you on love having your honest opinions the people love it um and thank you everyone to everyone who supported me through where uh, the show on friday which uh where andy's internet didn't want to play whatsoever um, <laughs> but i really really appreciate all the people getting involved and uh, as always so uh, thank you. Subscribe, follow, spread the word. Um, we should have a little bit of news before the end of the week as well. So uh, keep an eye out on the social medias. Enjoy the football this evening. We'll be back Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Don't miss it.